Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life, with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Rollin Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this episode, we will discuss how abortion always wins out, even when pitted against women's health. And we will talk about a new documentary that exposes a secret abortion risk that no one is talking about. So, Rollin, how's it going today? Hey, it's going well. How's it with you, Vince? Great, great. It's uh, it's great to be here for another episode of, of CareCast. Another episode. We survived the first two. Yes, um, yes. People apparently are subscribing, which is nice. Yeah. We're, we're back for more. Yes, more. More punishment or more, more good stuff, depending yep. on Absolutely. where you're coming from. So. Mm-hmm. I think what we wanted to talk about today, Roland, mm-hmm. um, is this theme that we, again, we, we see this repeating itself um, in a lot of the stuff that we observe, things that we see on our own Facebook page and, of, of course, in, in the media, um, which is this notion that, you know, we talked about this and I think on our second episode of CareCast, that abortion is, is treated as a sacrament yes. by, the, by the pro-choice movement. And because of that, basically any, anything that could potentially interfere with abortion always loses out to abortion, including yes. yeah. the well-being of women, Yes, at least from our perspective. They, of course, would say that abortion is about the well-being of women. But if you really look closely at it in terms of looking out for real feminism and the real well-being of women, abortion is obviously at odds with that. And it always wins when it comes to the pro- pro-choice side's rhetoric and, and the way they, they, they act. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you a, a thousand percent. And, you know, you know, from our perspective, from a pro-life and even better than that, a pro-abundant life perspective, you know, we, we, we have the view that, you know, life is sacred. And increasingly, you know, it's pretty clear when you, when you look at the abortion issue and you look at it from a pro-choice perspective, it, it's that abortion is sacred. Mm-hmm. So when, you, when, when you're having a conversation about abortion versus life, well, abortion is sacred. When you're having a conversation about abortion versus feminism or protecting women or protecting you know, anyone for that matter, abortion is sacred. And that really is what we're seeing more and more. And we, we certainly have seen that over the last uh, couple of weeks when the Supreme Court uh, came down with a decision uh, having to do with uh, a Texas law that was really trying to really make some common sense, put some common sense regulations in place at abortion clinics. It's pretty amazing that the, it's a highly unregulated environment. I think tattoo parlors are yeah, hair, are, s- hair salons, hair salon, nail spas, yeah, are, are regulated at a much much higher level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than uh, a- abortion uh, a clinics. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And, yeah. and from our perspective, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. But it does if you have the view that abortion is a sacrament, abortion is sacred, mm-hmm. and women's health and all these other things are, are, are not. Right, exactly. And so what the, what that law in Texas uh, did was it, it, uh, it said that doctors um, performing abortions would need to have um, admitting privileges at local hospitals mm-hmm. in case something goes wrong with an abortion that the doctor would yeah. then be able to check a woman into a hospital. Um, and then the second thing, the second major thing that it did uh, was to um, make sure that there were ambulatory care standards at these clinics. Right. So things like hallways that were wide enough for a stretcher to be moved in and out of, out of the facility. Right. So things like that. And, Crazy stuff like right, that. Right, exactly. And so the Supreme Court said that those put placed an undue burden yes. on women's access to abortion and therefore were unconstitutional. Yes. Uh, because as we know, the, unfortunately, the Roe versus Wade decision established abortion as a constitutional right. Um, a constitutional sacrament. Right, a constitutional sacrament. And therefore, anything that, be, that could be deemed as interfering with that in some, quote, undue way is unconstitutional. Yeah, and, it, and when you really think about it, it's crazy because w- what happened in Texas, the number of, the number of abortion clinics actually, you know, 
a lot of them closed because of these 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 two standards. A lot of them closed, mm-hmm. and so because more of them are going to close, that's an undue burden. Wait a minute, this is an economic argument. It's not like it's impossible to have, mm-hmm. you know, admitting privileges at a local hospital. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's impossible mm-hmm. to actually have your facility be one that has these certain ambulatory standards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would cost you money to do that. Mm-hmm. But since it wasn't profitable to, to provide the kind of care mm-hmm. that people would need for a surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. Right. Wouldn't you want places to close down that are not providing the care? And it's really interesting. I was talking to my wife about this, and she's a a family practice doctor. Mm -hmm. She doesn't, by and large, do surgical procedures. I mean, she might do stitches or something like that. Mm -hmm. She has admitting privileges Mm -hmm. at the hospital Mm -hmm. in her situation, and she's a family practice doctor. Mm -hmm. And you're a doctor doing a surgical procedure. Right. It really is, and that, yeah, and that also brings up a, an interesting thing that you and I were talking about uh, earlier, which is that uh, when the microphone wasn't on, uh, yeah. we, we were talking about the fact that when it's convenient for the pro-choice movement to view abortion as a medical procedure, right, they will view it as a medical procedure, right. When it's not convenient for them for them to do right. that, they will say this is this is not about any of that. This is about the right to choose and women's exactly. freedom and liberation and equality and all those other things. Exactly. So when it suits them, yes, but. As we kind of mentioned at the top of this podcast, it actually in a weird way is consistent because the consistency throughout all of yes. those seemingly inconsistent yes. ideas is that abortion is sacred. Absolutely. And it cannot be touched. I mean, let's just take it out of the abortion world. Yeah. Let's say that there were there are standards and there are some standards around heart surgery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have standards around that, ambulatory care, all mm-hmm. kinds of standards around providing that type of procedure. Mm-hmm. And let's say that the folks that did that type of surgery decided, you know what, it's just going to be too expensive to have these kinds of procedures in place, and we're going to decide not to have those procedures in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, what would people say? They'd say, well, you need to have those procedures in place. Patient safety. They would say patient safety. They wouldn't say, you know what, <sighs> mm. We need to just not have those procedures yeah. in place because, gosh, there it's, are— It's going to cost too much money. There are your, surgeons who—no, yeah. uh, yeah. we would demand that the surgeons actually put put mm-hmm. the uh, those procedures in place. We would demand that the medical facilities put those procedures in place. Mm-hmm. Why? Because in every other procedure, what we believe is that life is sacred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. life is sacred. Therefore, you're going to put those procedures in place. But when it comes to the abortion issue, mm-hmm. life is not what's sacred. Abortion is sacred, right? Exactly. And the, and what's yeah. happened over the over the last few months really has really shown that in a very amazing way. Yeah, and and if you just kind of look at things through that lens, it yeah. really helps you understand some things that are seemingly yeah. completely irrational and crazy. And how can anyone possibly think this? But if you put those glasses on and look at it in that way, then it it, it makes sense in it, a in a strange. Strange way. Yes, um, strange another way. area where this has kind of reared its ugly head mm-hmm. uh, in terms of abortion being a sacrament and everything else losing to it yeah. um, is around this uh, notion of sex-selective abortions. Yes. So recently Congress was actually debating uh, an, a law known as PRENDA, mm-hmm. uh, which is an acronym for Prenatal Non-Discrimination Act, uh, which would make it a criminal offense for an abortion provider to abort a child because of its race or gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the pro-choice advocates are completely against this bill. So, again, it would seem as though because we know from places like China and Serbia mm-hmm. where abortion is literally used as birth control yeah. to control family size, we know that girls are disproportionately 
more often aborted than than baby boys are. Um, and there's even some studies that are starting to happen here in the United States that among uh, in Canada and North America that among immigrant families, mm-hmm. uh, girls are more likely to be aborted uh, than boys are, depending right. on the the current size of the of the family. Yes. Um, and so clearly, and the ability to carry on the family name and all those types of things, and certainly in right. agrarian societies, you know, um, yeah. those are issues. Male labor and, and male yeah. labor, all these types of factors, and, you, and you're seeing that certainly in, in places like China and India and other places where right. they have abortion, but also uh-huh. uh, have these certain. T- Type of cultural norms, mm-hmm. yeah, and and, and what yeah. It, what and what's so what's clear is that sex selective abortions clearly uh, are not in the favor of baby girls. Yes, right, and so you would think that the feminist, right, the feminists who are in the business us, of protecting women, right, ostensibly, right? <laughs> right, would not be opposed to a bill like this, but they are, and again, it's because abortion wins. Yes, abortion wins. So, you know, yeah. those are just two two areas where where the, we're seeing this, you know, in the in the news recently. Um, but another, you know, another huge area and this is this is just something that's a topic all all on its own um, where this theme emerges again. Um, but lots of other things also are, are, are being brought to light here, um, is that there's a brand new documentary that just came out yep, called— you can't, you can't say it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't say the name of it because uh, it's— uh, Hush. Yeah, hush. Right. You just said it. <laughs> oh, dang it. Uh, so oh. we, we tried to not say it, but we, we couldn't help it. It's funny. There's another movie coming out called Voiceless. So I guess if you make a, a movie that talks about abortion, you just, you're not allowed to—you <laughs> yeah, right. can't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, hush your right, voice. Right, right, hush your yeah. voice. So, yeah, so this documentary— yes. It's called? Uh, it's called Hush. Okay. Can I keep uh, talking? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Okay. Uh, only if you want to, though. I won't force you. It was actually made um, by a Canadian production company. Yes. Um, it is a point of view documentary uh, told from in a very personal perspective. And who was the person that made it? Is there something interesting about her? Yeah. So she is actually a pro-choice feminist. Yes. Um, uh, her her background is from uh, from South Asia, um, and she is pro-choice feminist. Not not a pro-life right-wing Christian American person by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, and she remained a pro-choice feminist uh, at the conclusion of this film, mm-hmm. uh, which is important to note. But what she did in this movie is ask some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the implications that abortion could potentially be having on women's health? And she really looked at three areas in particular. She looked at the, the so-called absence of a link between mm-hmm. abortion and breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she looked at abortion and um, kind of emotional issues and problems that can emerge in women and men after an abortion. Mm-hmm. And then she looked at abortion and uh, later births premature in terms birth. of premature births yeah. in, 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 uh, in pregnancies that women have after they have an abortion. And and frankly, in, in sort of an innocent kind of right. way, she just started asking these questions. And what was she told? And she was told— Hush. Exactly. <laughs> she was told, hush, do not talk about this. There's nothing to see here. Yes. All of the biggest uh, you know, cancer organizations, both government and private, uh, told her there's no link between abortion and breast cancer. It's, it's quote, settled science uh, and move on. Uh, in fact, one of them, actually, she emailed for a comment, and they said, we're not even going to dignify your email with a response. Right. So, in other words, this is settled science. Just keep quiet, hush, move on, and because there's a sacrament that needs protecting that's called abortion. Right. Right? But the reality is that uh, when she actually started looking closer, yep. she found some absolutely startling evidence 
that frankly even some people on the pro-life side don't know anything about and are reluctant to talk about, but that there's really startling evidence that there could very well be a very strong link between abortion and breast cancer. And at a minimum, we need to start looking at this more closely. There's no question about that. And, you know, because one of the things that she did that was significant was she actually looked at not just the soundbite that was put out in the public square related to a study. Mm -hmm. She actually looked at the individual studies and different groups within the studies. And she found in many, many, many cases Mm -hmm. that when you looked at certain subsects, there was a Mm -hmm. significant significant increase of risk of cancer in certain in certain demographics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and those demographics were not communicated out into the public square right right so yeah you, it, the ironic the most ironic thing about yeah. this whole thing is that the studies that people point to to say that there's no link between breast cancer and abortion right. when you actually look at those studies they actually show a link between breast cancer and abortion exactly but the pro choice side and the mainstream media which largely sides with the pro choice side knows that no one's going to go and bother looking at some academic journal and actually reading through a study. So they can just kind of soundbite it and push it aside, hush, don't talk about it anymore. But the reality is what she she actually did is there are actually more than 108 worldwide studies that have been published on abortion and breast cancer. 53 of those studies, nearly half, found a strong link between abortion and breast cancer. 23 of those studies found a small link, and only 29 of them found no link. So there are 76 studies out of 108 worldwide studies that found a link between abortion and breast cancer. And if if you kind of take the aggregate of what the size of that link is, uh, we could be looking at anywhere from a 30 to 40 percent increased risk of breast cancer. And what have we actually been seeing? An increase in what? In breast cancer. In breast cancer. Absolutely. And in fact, we're seeing an increase in breast cancer with younger women. I know my, I know my wife has a family practice doctor. It's one of the things that she's anecdotally mm-hmm. uh, found. More and more younger women who are coming in with breast cancer. Yep. And the, the question of did you have an abortion, those kinds of things. In many cases, mm-hmm. you know, folks don't even want to ask the question because they don't want to link those two things together. Yeah. They're effectively told, hush, yeah. we're not going to connect the dots there. And right. the reality is if you really do care about women, I mean, you know, look, I'm a pro-life person, mm-hmm. right? But let's just set that aside for a second. I mean, I have a mother. I have a sister. I've got nieces. I've got, you know, I've got friends that are women. If you really, really do care, why would you not want to know? Why would you not want to know? And you could still have the view. Look, we know that there's an increased risk. It's just called informed consent. Mm-hmm. You, you, we, we know there's going to be an increased risk if you have an abortion to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Just tell them. Mm-hmm. And the person may say, well, you know what? I feel like because of my life scenario, my life situation, whatever, whatever, I still want to have the abortion. Okay, go for it. Just yeah. like you do with any other medical procedure, whether it's heart surgery or kidney surgery or whatever it is. You say, listen, you know, I had stomach surgery, right? And, and there was a tumor. That, that they, they identify, they didn't know whether it was benign or malignant or whatever. And they told me, look, if we do this surgery, right, you're going to have scar tissue mm-hmm. and you're going to have an increased risk of having, you know, bowel obstructions as a result mm-hmm. of the scar tissue. Mm-hmm. I said, well, there's a tumor here and we don't know whether it's cancerous or not. Let's do it. They mm-hmm. told me. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I've had the increased You've risk. Had of, the issues. And yeah. I've had the issues. Yeah. But I knew that ahead of time. And they also told me, hey, we can go in and clean out the scar tissue. But guess what? If we go in and clean out the scar tissue, you have an even higher risk of having further scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So they gave me the information. Yep. It's informed consent. Yep. And I have the ability. to. Why would you not want to do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, we know why. 
Right. Because, oh, right, 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 right. Yes. Abortion, whenever you're confused, you go, abortion is sacred, life is not. I, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just getting I got, got yeah. confused there for a second. It is the perverse way of explaining away all these seeming irrationalities. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, a really important, I think, yeah. point that needs to be made here, too, is that we're, we're looking at international studies here that are that are finding this this link between abortion and breast cancer. Many of these studies, in fact, the ones that are finding the strongest link, are being done in pla- being done in places like China and India. Last time I checked, there is yeah. not a Christian right wing pro life movement operating in these countries. No, there isn't. There is not, and. So you have to ask yourself, what's going on there? You made a great point, which is that in those countries, yep. they're actually doing what the pro-choice movement says you should actually do, right. which is treat abortion like a medical procedure. Absolutely. They're saying that abortion mm-hmm. is a medical procedure like any other medical procedure, mm-hmm. and we're going to study this medical procedure so that we understand mm-hmm. any issues related to this medical procedure. Because right. it's a medical procedure. Right. See, because there it's not a sacrament. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> there it's a medical procedure. So right. there's actually a consistent narrative. Their ideology says what the pro-choice people are actually saying, right. which is that it's a medical procedure, yeah. except— Yeah, except when it's inconvenient for them to think that. Of course, because it's a because sacrament. Because it's a sacrament. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, so in places like China and India where there is there's no— Big populations, yeah. lots of abortion. You know, uh, mm-hmm. China has the the one child policy. They've been doing abortion for decades, yes. yeah. decades. Yeah. They have a very enormous data set to, to study, oh, and they're studying enormous. it. Yeah. And the reality is, they're finding a link. And again, the and, and again, yeah. it's the motivation. There is not. We need to moralistically find some excuse to outlaw abortion because we're part of some Christian pro-life movement. Right. This is this is medical research that's being done on Absolutely. a medical procedure. And, and actually, uh, some of the some of the new studies from Asia are actually kind of chilling in their implication, considering the population sizes that we're dealing with. Fo- folks are estimating that if these links are what they think they they might be, um, that literally millions of women are going to be dying from breast cancer. Because they had an abortion, right? Millions of women, and and women are not being told this. Yeah, again, they're not. It's not. It's not informed consent. It's not informed consent. At um, all. So and that's it, a shame. It, it is. It, it's a. It's just a very sad state of affairs. Now here's the question: yeah. like, now, Why would someone not want this data to get out? It's there, there's a, a, a very uh, I think good example of why there would be a systematic. Yeah. cover-up or a systematic lie being told here, which is the uh, the cigarette or the tobacco industry. Yeah. So folks who are old enough to remember, I'm, I'm not one of them, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I guess. Back in the 1960s, when the research started coming out that uh, cigarette smoking was bad for you, it could cause cancer, all these mm-hmm. other things, the tobacco lobby, yep. which was very powerful, very influential, had control of lobbyists and media and all these other things. Congress and right. and, and the most po- some of the most powerful mm-hmm. legislators in both the Congress and in the Senate were mm-hmm. from tobacco-growing uh, states. That's right. And yeah. what they did was they used that influence to protect their profits. Yes. Right? So you would ask, why would somebody lie? Mm-hmm. Why would somebody not want this data out there? Well, when you're in a multi-billion dollar industry that could be severely hampered yep. by information getting out there, you would want to hush the people who would share that information. It's absolutely. the same exact thing that's happening with big abortion right now. It, it's absolutely. And it is an enormous, an enormous industry. And it, frankly, there's one big, huge player in it, which obviously is Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. which is which is the, the big one there, who's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a vested interest. Mm-hmm. There's a vested interest in this kind of data 
of not getting out into the public square. Yeah. And, and the ironic thing, again, also, is that yeah. there are a lot of folks out there who love to rail against, you know, big oil, you know, big pharma, big agriculture, big this, big that. And yeah. it's their greed and their profit motive that's causing them to do all yes. this immoral stuff. But they have this blind spot when it comes to big abortion, which is an yeah. enormous industry yes. driven by a profit motive. Yep. But they can do no wrong because – It's a sacrament. That's right. Yes, because so, it's sacred. So it is. It's a shame. But we're putting the data out there. Other people are putting the data out there. And yeah. anybody who really wants to know the truth, as inconvenient as it may be, mm-hmm. uh, can really know it. And we're hopeful that more people will take a look at it. Don't take us at our word. Right. Just look at the data yourselves and, and you'll be able to see. And actually, yeah. make sure that you uh, see that documentary, Hush. Oh, the yeah. data's right in there. Yeah, it's available now. It, you can yeah. buy it on Blu-ray, DVD, digital, home video. It's just an incredibly compelling documentary. And again, it was was told by the point of view of someone who is not a pro-life yeah. It's, it's a, she's a pro-choice feminist who actually asked these questions because she's a pro-choice feminist. And also because she had a personal connection to mm-hmm. this as well because yeah. I believe she had had a miscarriage. She had a miscarriage. Right. Yeah. And and, there, and, yeah. Go ahead. And the same physiology yes. that explains why abortion could actually lead to a breast cancer risk, which is very complicated, too much for us to go into, but the documentary does a great job of explaining. That same physiology yes. operates when you have a uh, when you have a miscarriage. Yes. And um, particularly when it's your first pregnancy mm-hmm, right. of what happens. And that's yeah. where there's a pr- protective mm-hmm. effect of of, mm-hmm. of a first pregnancy. Before, being carried to term. Being right. fully carried to term mm-hmm. reduces a woman's risk of having breast cancer right. if right. she's had that pregnancy at, yeah. an early, at an early age. Yeah, right. And this woman had a miscarriage. And when she started looking at the data, yeah. she was like, oh, my gosh, might I be at a higher risk for breast cancer? And she couldn't even get the day. And that's really what right. caused her. Right. Right. You know, it's yeah. kind of the whole hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Right. That right. kind of thing. And that's really part yeah. of what motivated her was her own personal experience mm-hmm. to say, I could be at risk here and you're not going to tell me. Mm-hmm. Because you want to protect the abortion. Yes. That's yeah. part of it. So it's very yeah. compelling. Yeah. Good. Very compelling. Yeah. All right. Okay, Ronald, we've covered a lot of heavy stuff here. Heavy. Heavy stuff. So mm-hmm. hopefully we've uh, helped folks kind of understand uh, some of the some of the stuff that's going on in the news and in the culture around us and continuing to really drive home our pro-abundant life message. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that's it for this episode of CareCast. But, you know, in the next episode, um, we're going to talk – one of the things that we're going to talk about is some really crazy stuff that we, we read yeah. in a Glamour magazine – uh, sex survey of women. Yeah, and yeah, so, and we don't have a subscription to this. We did, <laughs> we just, did, we were using a friend's. We're using a friend's. He's right. using. He has air quotes right now. Right, going air on. quotes around friend. A friend's subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is crazy, and it's frankly, it's just really, really sad. Heartbreaking. Uh, heart, heartbreaking. And there was a. It was a. It was a sex survey, and there was one uh, particular quote that that really struck struck me. And we're going to talk about that some more in terms of what the implications of this. And it was one of the women, she said, I have no problem trusting someone with my vagina, but I have a huge problem trusting someone with my heart. Yep. Nikki, age 30. Yeah. So we're going to get into what all of that means. That and cliffhanger. On that cliffhanger, we're going to end this episode of CareCast. Yep, absolutely. So until next time, may God bless you daily as you serve him faithfully in all you do. 